0: If you
2: dare.
1: Presented by AT and T. Connecting changes
0: everything.
2: Uh, check it out now. Uh, no doubt now. Uh, Saturday morning, the Beating the Book podcast. you, Alexander podcast today sponsored by the football analytics show it's a podcast run by ed fang frequent guest on the megapod and during the final two weeks of august he's doing the 2019 preview series a set of 10 episodes of 10 minutes each that previews the season that's 10 episodes of 10 minutes each love that idea covering both college and pro football find the football analytics show on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts check that out Today on the show, it's our MLB Q3 Derivative Show. Every club in Major League Baseball more or less rounding the 120-121 game mark. So you know how we do this if you've been a frequent listener to the show through the years. Public domain stats available on the show today as well as the much more proprietary first five inning and first inning stats for all your betting needs. It's the Beating the Book podcast. Enjoy.
0: It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander.
2: Oh, yeah. It is a numbers game right here at Vison Vegas Stats and Information Network, Sirius XM, Channel 204, VEASAN.com, the Vison VEASAN app, and voices. If you're hearing voices in your head while I was talking right there, it's not you. It actually happened just there on the air. It's Gil Alexander. What's happening, party people? Jeff Parles, producer number five, is here as well. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. And ladies and gentlemen, joining us for uh, what is a Q3 MLB derivative show. We'll do other things. We'll talk golf with Brady Cannon. uh, And we'll talk about today's baseball slate as well. But it is right at the 120 game mark, 121 game mark for most Major League Baseball teams. So it is our Q3 MLB derivative show. And joining us for the first time for this endeavor, ladies and gentlemen, he was here yesterday, he's here today, star of Jewish Follow the Money here, it's... Ladies and gentlemen, it's Todd Wishneff.
1: Good morning, Todd. Good morning, Gil. Welcome to the Gil
2: and Todd Show, and thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Todd. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, you, uh, you excited about little derivatives here, man? Because we're going to go through all these baseball stats. And, again, we're going to try to determine how much of this is narrative And how much of this is predictive moving into the last quarter of the season?
1: By the way, um, if you've heard me on this show a couple of times, I talked about how the Yankees can put any blob of meat in a a Yankee stadium. I mean, a Yankee uniform. And all of a sudden, they hit the ball out of the ballpark. And I said, oh, well, the Yankees are probably stealing the signs like the Cardinals did a couple years ago. So this guy David Lionetti sent me a... uh, thing on Twitter, it's an article from the Boston Globe, why the Red Sox are looking for counter espionage inside their caps. What they're doing now is they're putting, they keep switching the signs so they don't get people stealing their signs. So like if Christian Vasquez, the catcher, maybe it's the third sign one time, it's the fourth sign a different time, it's the second sign a different time. And I didn't read the whole article, but they have like a little cheat sheet in their cap as to which sign is is the correct sign to foil counter uh to foil people who are trying to steal their signs so stealing signs is a real thing folks and if you watch oh, the yankees, old, it's as
2: old as baseball
1: yeah and if you watch the yankees with cameron maben mike tauchman as you like to call him that's right uh, I'm, cla- I'm claiming him bravik valera and of course my favorite guy pizza extra, uh, aficionado now i don't know this for sure but i have a feeling he likes pizza mike ford down at first base <laughs> oh, your disdain for mike <laughs> ford actually mike ford is- i'm sure is a great guy, yeah. but you know, you know, when you're fat, sometimes you don't like fat, and others it's like a psychological thing. You know, you you hate what you see in others. So because I'm a fatso, I've got you know I look at Mike Ford and I go, come on, you know, you're in the major leagues, you should be, uh, you know, in shape. But as it's opposed, not right? As opposed, Mike, to re- I
2: apologize to you. You're on the Yankees. Keep stealing the signs. As opposed to re- relating to him and, and finding him lovable. So you, what you are suggesting is that the Yankees, because anyone who puts on a uniform all of a sudden becomes amazing, they have to be stealing, stuff. it's
1: tongue in cheek. I'm, I'm right. saying it tongue in cheek. I'm not saying I would bet on right. it, but I'm saying it's kind of fishy.
2: I understand, by the way. I'm I am claiming Tauchman. there had to be an Ellis Island incident. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point that out. All right, let's do uh, let's do some Major League Baseball stats now. Here it is, it's the Q3 derivative show, and the point of this exercise, and, and we'll we'll intersperse it throughout the show, we'll also do today's games. But we're going to narrow this down. At first, it's going to be very public domain stuff, and then we're going to narrow it down into proprietary stuff, which is first five innings. Uh, That's not quite proprietary. The first inning stuff is super proprietary. Um, But let's start with just the general things. These are widely available. We get these from Covers.com. Let's give them a shout on this. These are the best um, in terms of betting stats now. We don't care about real life here for this exercise. But in terms of the betting stats, the single uh, most profitable teams in all of baseball, a bizarro exercise, Todd. As if you bet this team every single game on the side all year long, laying a unit as a dog, risking more than a unit to win a unit as a favorite. Uh, And even when you do all that in the wash, here are your most profitable teams in baseball, here are your most profitable clubs. It is the Yankees and the Dodgers, both at 80 and 41 in real life. See that the, uh, the Yankees would have netted you in that bizarro exercise, nearly 20 units, and the Dodgers would have netted you 18 units. So again, that's, You bet them every day, sight unseen. You don't care the opponent, whatever. Again, lay a unit as a dog, risk more than a unit to win a unit as a favorite. And even with the Yankees and Dodgers getting dealt big minus numbers, right, more often than not, even doing that, they're so good, right, 80 and 41 in real life, that they're still the most profitable teams in baseball.
1: Well, let's look at the math. If they were 80 and forty. Let's just throw out the one. Let's say they were 80 and 40. That means they would be winning two out of every three games. If they were minus 200 every game. Now, I I assume this would be like the midpoint line or they're, or they're just taking whatever their line was. So if they were minus 200 every single game this year, they would have broken even if you would have bet them every
2: single game. There so it is.
1: obviously they, they're, you said they're up about 18 units in 120 games. Right. So their
2: average price is, is less than their minus 200. Their average price is
1: probably somewhere in the neighborhood. I mean, I'm just doing the math off my off the top of my head, but probably 160 maybe. Does that sound about right? Let me think about that. 160 and 40 units. 40, 40 times 160 is what?
2: Point is, is that they're exceeding their break-even, right? They're they're doing better than their yeah,
1: break-even. There even. it is. 40 times yeah. 1.6 is is uh, 64 losses. So right there, you know, 80 wins, 64 losses. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about their average is right around 160.
2: Minnesota, San Francisco, and Oakland close out the three most profitable teams. This is just on money line bets now we're talking. The Twins, who uh, caught most of baseball by surprise early, let's say. Uh, generally speaking, 72 and 47 in real life, they would have uh, netted you over 14 units this year. How about the Giants? The Giants who are back to 500, again, Todd Wishnev making the daily mistake of not factoring enough Giants magic into his model. Giants magic. Giants up 13 units for betters, uh, they're largely plus money night after night after night, and that's why, you know, you don't have to do better than 500 to have netted 13 units overall. By the way, we'll find out in the splits here momentarily how At home, they're not profitable, and we see that on the screen right there, just a sort of portent of things to come. But away, man, they're a cash machine. A's, by the way, the other Bay Area team who the Giants beat last night, they're the fifth most overall profitable team in all of baseball.
1: So another interesting point about that, in the old days, um, you you almost could never bet a minus 200. You just couldn't do it and, and win. And you see from these numbers here that it's almost like, betting has been turned, baseball betting has been well, turned on its
2: head. This is what I, listen, I said before last season, remember, I, I said very early on, I said, we're about to enter an era of baseball where that chasm between the haves and the have-nots gets wider and wider. And this year, I said, early in the season, if you listen to the show, I said, you almost have to shut off your brain betting baseball. And the Yankees and the Dodgers being on top of that list is the manifestation of that. They're They're huge favorites every night. You still would have made the most money in baseball betting on them. That says it all. Right you there. Know,
1: you know, it's not shutting off your brain. It's actually using your brain. You know what I mean, though. No, right? I, know, no yeah. I know what you're trying to say, but the point is you really have to use your brain even more in a sense. Value is value. originally Correct. you're going to think, oh, wait, those favorites can't make you money. But if you can recognize that some of these favorites versus the relative strength of the rest Correct. of the league yes. are not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that, that's in effect, in effect, it's the opposite. You have to use your. I understand exactly what you mean by that. Yeah. Right. You know, oh, just take the ferrets. But I'm, I'm saying the you really that, have to. The fact to figure that you have out. to
2: recalibrate value, right? You yeah, have to recalibrate what value is. It's a great way of is. saying it. Recalibrate. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here, rather, to be my hype man. Flavour, my flavour flavour.
1: You know, you're going out there and you're being cerebral. And that's what we want. We don't want physical, <laughs> we want some cerebral. <laughs>
2: Todd on uh, football. People love my cerebral line. I love it. I lost it yesterday. So here are the least uh, the least profitable, the teams that have hemorrhaged you the most money. Now, this is a bizarro exercise, right? If you're going out and you're betting the Tigers every night, sight unseen. I would suggest to you, you're probably doing this wrong. Um, But the Tigers, if you bet the Tigers every single day of the baseball season. And again, this is the flip of the Yankees and the Dodgers, right? They're plus money and big plus money, by and large, when Matthew Boyd's not pitching exception to the rule. The Tigers are 35 and 81. If you bet them every night, you're down 33 units. See, now here's something that I would love
1: to see when they do these, these you know, charts. What about if you bet against the Tigers every night? So you wouldn't be up 33-37. I hear what you're saying. You would be up like 33-37 minus the VIG correct? the other way. But I think you'd still be up. But that would be an interesting no, that's chart point. as well. It's a good point. So it's just if... No one's going to bet the Tigers every night unless you're like some kind of crazy diehard Tiger fan. But what would be interesting is how I guess we could figure well, it out. That,
2: yeah, that would represent the bookies take, right? That's right. the straddle. Well, so if we went about.
1: back the other way, 20 cents the other right. way. Exactly. On every would it be every loss or every win? I'm just trying to think about that. because There's
2: right. a radio audience now. You're just you're okay. getting too much. Sorry, we're getting too but, mathematical. I know, uh, but I understand your your point is a good one, right? By the way, so the, the second most hemorrhaging team for betters in baseball this year is the defending World Series champion Red Sox. And this is a team that obviously off a championship comes in with high expectations. So there's going to be a lot of minus money on them, particularly early in the season. And that cost betters a pretty penny. You'd be down 26 units betting the World Series champs blindly all year long as a favorite, as a dog, every single game. Royals, Mariners, Padres, no surprise, three, four, five. But the Red Sox are kind of the, you know, one thing is not like the other there. They're the team that stands out. And by the way, most years you have one or two or three teams that are at the bottom because the expectations or the, you know, the the money, the lines getting dealt on them on a daily basis is just not commensurate with their performance. It's the Red Sox who get the booby prize on that this year.
1: Uh, by the way, I just uh, did the math in my head. Now I might be doing it wrong, but I think you'd still be up if you bet against the Tigers every game, somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty five to twenty six hundred. Yeah, I think it's some somewhere. Yeah, in there. 25, 26. I, I could years. be wrong. No, no, but, you're,
2: but that's the point, right? You'd be down thirty three if you bet on them, but if you had bet against them, you wouldn't be up thirty three. You'd be up about twenty six. You'd be up yeah. still very nicely, okay. not thirty. So,
1: and as far as the Red Sox, well, that's an obvious. You know, this reminds me of the Cubs a couple of years ago after they won the World Series. They came out and were, were played 500 the first half of the year. And had you just bet against the Cubs every game, you'd have been up a bazillion dollars. So this is your Red Sox uh, World Series hangover. They're 63 and 59, but yet. You especially at home. Look at those home numbers. I'm, I'm sure tons of that represents all those sale losses at minus That's 200, right. minus 300. He's, he's
2: probably a huge portion of that.
1: On the road, they are only down uh, 393. So a, a huge amount of that.
2: Well, we'll get, let's, do we have the split numbers before we get to the split yeah, the numbers? The splits are right there. I know, but do we have a separate chart for the splits or we, we don't?
3: Like the the, the, home, the top home and top road?
2: Yeah. Change? Yeah, we have that. Oh, okay, well, before we get to that, just one last thing on there. The Padres. Look at the Padres away. You would have made one United States dollar playing the Padres road based on these numbers anyway Uh, with all of this the the point of this exercise is okay that's what's happened the first three quarters of the season now the endeavor here is to now figure out going into the final quarter of the season is this just a fun thing to talk about in a narrative or is there any predictive value to this and I would suggest on some of these things there will be predictive value on other things we're just kind of talking about it because it's fun to talk about right yeah but there is some intuitive sense to some of the things and moving forward we'll find out more of that but look to the home road splits just as.
1: by the way one other point yes, the please. mariners if i remember correctly might have been 12 and 3 to start the
2: year 13 and 2 my friend okay
1: 13 and 2 so if you take those 15 yeah. games out oh, they're
2: tiger like they are tiger like no question, they're tiger-like. All right, so now this is again just we'll do the home teams, the subset of what we just found out. The Dodgers, who are second overall, they're the number one home team for baseball betters this year. Forty-eight and sixteen at home, twenty units uh, in people's pockets at home. So, which means, by the way, that they're slightly negative on the road, if I'm not mistaken. The uh, Dodgers, Rangers. I wouldn't have expected the Rangers, but they're there. Rangers very profitable at home, second most profitable team at home because they're thirty-five and twenty-two at home. Astros, Yankees, Cubs, and boy, do the Cubs have a stark home road split that we keep seeing night after night. Cubs get 14 Ks from uh, Quintana last night and managed to lose again. They're 2-3 on their current road trip, which has five more games left in it, and uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are knocking at the dough in the NL Central, one back. But the Cubs' fifth most profitable home team, least profitable home teams, oh, what he notes, the Tigers and the Red Sox at the bottom there, what is perhaps the usual suspects, if I can say that. Uh, Let's just go real quick to the away teams here. This is just overall. These are widely available. Again, these are courtesy of covers. Most profitable road teams, the San Francisco Giants. Los Gigantes (laughs) will be up almost 14 units uh, for betters, closely followed by the Twinkies and the Rays. Uh, Braves are up. Those are the four teams that would have netted you double-digit units, just betting them on the road blindly. Least profitable road teams, the aforementioned Chicago Cubs worst road team money-wise in baseball the marlins are the only team worst record wise in the national league in real life but because the marlins are always getting plus money and the cubbies are oftentimes in minus even on the road cubs would have hemorrhaged you 15 units if you just bet them blindly on the road they're 23 and 36 on the road and they lead a division in baseball Royals, Mets, Tigers, Astros. Tigers on that all Astros of the is
1: the one that really shocks me.
2: On the road. 35-27, well, but yet down 870, which tells you. They're always big money. They're, you know, they're still on the road. They're still huge money. By the way, last night, very strange circumstance with game two of that doubleheader. We talked yes. a little bit about this off air. Yes. Garrett Cole was expected to be the game two starter. And he was, what, like minus 360, something like that?
1: Some some people were saying 380. All okay, right, maybe yeah. 380.
2: It depends where you were shopping, but real there was a pitching change really late, like really late. It wasn't like people had a had a chance to really adjust it's to it five
1: minutes before the game. Yeah,
2: yeah. So the line didn't really have a didn't move that much off it. But it usually well, they. Uh,
1: they you, move it automatically. Uh, that's I, what,
2: it was very strange because who was Davinsky? Davinsky
1: was went off three sixty, and I was like,
2: "That can't be right." I don't remember a circumstance like that that was so close to game time, and then I didn't even re- I didn't even realize that that was the line going into a Davinsky until someone like someone mentioned it later. I was like,
1: "Oh, I didn't notice it either until yeah. it was like in the third inning," and I looked up and I said, "Davinsky 360. Usually they air move it when there's when there's a pitching. game, sure. it's not like anybody moves it with the with the money. It was very they'd odd. They just quickly air move it, and I would think they would at least move it down like to 280 or 250. Yeah,
2: I wasn't uh, exactly paying attention at that moment. And, of course, they lose the game. And, of course, they lose the second game, right? That's yeah. so, right, 4-1 to one to the White Sox.
1: Um, they had a lot of their, their hitters out in the second game.
2: Uh, we'll come back. We'll do the best and worst run line teams for betters in all of baseball. Then we'll talk first five innings. We'll talk uh, umpires. Well, we'll get to the first five eventually. But we'll talk umpires. We'll talk starting pitchers. We'll do it all. The Q3 MLB derivative show. Todd Wishnev is here, as well as Jeff Parlay, Gil Alexander, right here on a numbers game at Visa. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Producer number five, Jeff Parles, tells me that uh, we got Charles Barkley back in the intro of the show. Is that true? I stepped on him.
3: We we all stepped on him. Okay. We we didn't realize where Barkley was in the intro. So I got
2: to let him breathe. So we got to let him breathe.
3: We'll have. I. It's been a big Twitter discussion the last. It really week has plus a, now. I. It's amazing I get, how have, how much the folks
2: love Chuck. Do we have Barkley on the fade out or something? All right, I got to let it breathe. We'll hear next time we get tweets beating the book. Love y'all for uh, tweeting us. Um, Okay, more baseball. Best, worst, run line teams in all of baseball. Again, bizarro exercise when you're betting these teams on the run line each and every single game of the season, which no one is actually doing, but it gives us a sense of which teams have been profitable and least profitable for betters. Remember, run line, when you're a favorite, you're giving a run and a half. When you're a dog, you're getting a run and a half. So a lot of one-run outcomes will affect these numbers. I like to call it, Todd, a de facto power ranking. Because when you win, you win big. When you lose, sometimes you keep it close, or oftentimes, if you're on the mo- on the most profitable list, most profitable run line teams in baseball. <clears throat> excuse me, the New York Yankees. No surprise there. They'd have you up 31 units plus. Again, these courtesy of Covers.com. The Rangers and A's, Diamondbacks and Indians wrap up the top five run line teams in baseball for betters. Now it's a big drop from the Yankees to the Rangers. Right? It's 18 units. Like the Yankees. Are far and away the best run line team in baseball this year because when they win, they crush you. And but, probably, but, I'm sorry, no, no, but that was going but the Rangers, A's, Diamondbacks, and Indians probably surprise a lot of people.
1: Diamondbacks certainly. Uh, I think the Yankees kind of make sense because, of course, they sure, mash, sure, and then they have the decent relief, so they don't let you back for a one-run win when they should have won by two or three. And then um, the Texas Rangers kind of make sense to me because. You don't really ever see the Rangers win a close game, you know, because they have a terrible bullpen. They either just were killing the ball and winning or just losing, you know, and now they don't even hit. But I'm saying earlier in the year.
2: But if if the Rangers are 68 and 51 in run line games, doesn't that suggest that they're losing a lot of one run games probably?
3: Well, I would imagine, yeah. and he goes to Todd's point. Yeah. You could see them have leads, in the bullpen blew it a lot earlier in the year for Texas. They lost a bunch of one-run games when they were getting the run and a half.
2: I am I am efforting, <clears throat> as we speak, the Rangers one-run record just to see if it uh, if it makes sense. And they no, they're nineteen and nineteen in one-run games. So that is a very curious record.
1: To now, me. on the on the least probable. Is, this is saying if on the run line. If you're minus one and a half or it, if you're plus, plus, okay, right, so yes, you plus one and a half. Both, both. Okay, so this is kind of confusing a little bit. It is a little bit,
2: yes, because you don't know how to parsed out. There should be two sets of stats. It should be minus one and
1: a half and and a half and plus one a half, plus one and a half. I've
2: always said that. I think you're right about that. But for the purposes of today, <laughs> Tigers, once again, the least of the least, right? 27 units down on the run line. Doesn't matter. They're just bad. Red Sox, once again, second worst on the run line. Rockies, O's, and Pirates. Wrapping up that list. And Rockies make sense, right? Because they play at cores, and so you are more likely to lose games by more than a run.
1: And the other thing is the Detroit Tigers are probably plus a run and a half out of those 116 games, I bet you they're That's plus right. a run and a half 100 times. So you don't like you don't
2: like that one. I, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. By the way, Jeff Parlay, you had a point about the Astros to Todd was saying before.
3: Well, and also I would imagine it impacted that list, too, because the Astros were minus 270 or whatever the heck they were on Sunday when they lost on the run line also. But they lost yesterday, minus 360. They lost... Almost minus $5 on Sunday. So there's basically, there's a little over eight units right there. So the road road road
2: money record is what it is. Yeah, the road money line, they lost eight units two out of the last three games, right? Yeah, so
1: it's incredible.
2: Um, it's what, surprising you don't even have the uh, R.J. special. We call it the R.J. special out in
1: the, in the sports book. R.J. R- likes to lay the, the R.J., the, the, the
2: almonds guy. Yes, the almonds guy. Uh-huh.
1: He, he lays the two and a half sometimes in the ridiculous lines. Yeah. And so we call it the R.J. special. Did so you, you don't have the two and a did half. Did
2: you want one. to share with people what R.J. says about uh, some of the employees? <laughs> this is one, of, one particular employer at the Zelda. Uh, no, no, you didn't no, want to I share that? that?
1: I think that should be <laughs> left unsaid.
2: He really is a fan. He's a fan of Yeah. It. He's a good, great guy, R.J. He is a great guy. Um, okay, uh, let's go to, now this is for, let's just do the pitchers real quick, starting pitchers, most least profitable starting pitchers. So this is, I don't know how you feel about this again, Todd, but this is when this particular pitcher or pitchers takes the hill, this is how his team ultimately performs with a win-loss record and then the associated profit or loss.
1: Okay, this is interesting.
2: Well, it's interesting because sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with the starter, Right. They can have a marginal performance, but the team just happens to come through for them. Or that's interesting. Or too. or the oppo of that. Do we have these at all, uh, Jeff? And all with the starting pitchers?
3: I'll read them off here. Okay, uh, give me the
2: I'll so see. most profitable starting
3: pitchers. So I'll read them off here. Uh, Domingo Herman is number one. Uh, you're getting uh, you're plus uh, a little over 12, a little over twelve units on Herman. Andrew Kashner, well, thanks in, to his...
2: Herman. Let's let's clarify yeah. why Herman. The Yankees are seventeen and three. Yes, in he, games that Herman uh, takes uh, the hill. Yeah. Wow, but yeah. he just shows up and they win baseball games because Talchman crew go crazy, you know, I think there's something to that actually,
1: because I've seen you know, I noticed this on uh really good teams when they lose sometimes. it's when they're big starters in or something, and then I don't know, I don't have any data to back this up, yeah, Josh Towers would say it's a random okay.
2: But I'll but but to, your, but to your but to point, point is it
1: feels like that that certain teams like the good teams know when they have a guy on the mound that they have to pull around pull across for them and they they hit better. I don't know if that's true again and probably is just totally random.
2: One one of those random Orioles Cy Young winners in the eighties, I don't know if it's Scotty McGregor or Steve Stone. Someone would have to check on this. Jim Palmer. But like but like the Orioles would never lose when they were on the hill. Like they or Flanagan, one of these guys Mike would Flanagan, just have a ridiculous and it was, you know, in those days, we weren't into analytics as much, right? So it was like, oh, look, he never loses. This win-loss record is unbelievable. But, it like, they would just show up for him every time, right? Kiki Ayala. Yeah. Some, some... Al Bumbrey. Al, oh, Al Bumbrey with the glove <laughs> sticking out the back John pocket. John Lowenstein. So... Oh, Gary Reneke. Uh We interrupted Jeff Parles. Oh, so it's Domingo Herman. Here they are on the screen, Jeff. Did you catch that Andrew Kashner had his first career save last night?
3: Andrew Kashner. Andrew Kashner. The new Red Sox closer—that's
2: what I'm saying right now. Yeah, by the way, we, Jeff, great. Jeff and I were watching at the same time. We were on the phone, and he looked phenomenal. He looked great. He probably as a closer. should be a closer. Yeah, Cashner's uh, number two. So these are again the most profitable starters in all of baseball this year. If you bet that team blindly when they started a game, so the Red Sox are 11 and six when. Well, remember no, there it was, was a a lot of, Oh yeah, the Orioles and the Red Sox. Remember he had this with the Orioles. He was in plus money so much time that the that the ROI was huge. But the teams that he has pitched for, Orioles and Red Sox, eleven and six when he's taken the hill. Brandon Woodruff, sixteen and four. Well he makes that
1: makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, guys that don't come in with big uh you know, that come into the season with big reputations right. aren't gonna have big numbers. That's so right. if they have big big years. They're going to have giant ROI because because of that. Makes a lot of sense. Brandon Woodruff of... uh, Same thing with Ryu. Ryu wasn't exactly considered the best starter
2: in baseball, was he? He wasn't considered the best starter or the second best on his own team.
1: Point taken. Wade Miley, my favorite guy.
2: Wade well, Miley. Uh, for those listening on, on radio, Todd, let's explain what's going on oh, here. Sorry. This is not a television broadcast exclusive. I thought
1: they could see the. Oh, no,
2: no, right, no, no, no. Right. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, again, Brewer 16 and 4 when he takes the hill. They're up almost 11 units, betting them blindly. Hunjin Ryu, fourth place, 17 and 5. Dodgers 17 and 5 in games that Nucci started, up almost 10 units. Wade Miley, as, as Todd just pointed out, 17 and 7. The uh, Astros 17 and 7 with Miley on the hill. So
1: And look at that. It's interesting because he's they're 965 and they're 10 games over 500, right. so he probably hasn't been that big a favorite, Wade Miley,
2: probably on too. average. That's right. Uh, and then the least uh, in ROI in terms of the pitchers, the ones that have hemorrhaged you the most money, no surprise. Look, so, now, this list is always riddled with big names because big names have big juice, and when they have a season that is not stellar, this is what happens very quickly. Chris Sale, your least profitable, your biggest hemorrhager of money, um... In all of baseball, as a starter, because the Sox are nine and fifteen in games in which he started, that it cost you twenty units. So if all you did was bet Chris Sale starts, you're twenty units down in. And baseball. a lot
1: of them were at home, where he was even
2: bigger juice. That's right, Jacob Degrom. The Mets are nine and fifteen when he takes the hill. Just they haven't been as big favorites overall as Sale has been with the Red Sox. So he would have cost you fifteen plus units, not twenty plus like Sale. Max Scherzer, third in terms of the hemorrhage list. Over ten units for betters this year because the Nats are nine and eleven, and then you got Tyler Molly and uh, Aaron Sanchez. And Aaron Sanchez they stink. Well, Aaron Sanchez one of the most underachieving pitchers by advanced stats thus far this year. We'll come back. We'll do umpires, and then we'll get into the proprietary stuff. First five, and specifically proprietary on the first inning stuff. Right here on the Q3 MLB Derivative Show. We'll do today's slate. Todd Wishnev alongside here on a numbers game at Visa.
0: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
2: Beeson's Pro Football Betting Guide will be ready for download on Friday. In case you were wondering, just 48 hours from now, purchase the 60 page digital magazine before Friday. Get it for $9.99. After Friday though, $19.99. Or get the College Football Betting Guide along with the Pro Guide for just $25. And both guides feature your favorite VEASAN guys in the desert, including Brent Musburger, Michael Lombardi, Matt Humans, Dave Tully. We all are on a we all, let me say that again. We all are on a chart there with all of our pro football picks. Even I managed to show up on this one. With a late wait, what's the? I asked Lombardi on the air. Wait, what was the deadline? He's like, it was today, Gil. So I just put it in today. So I'm gonna get in there late. I'm I'm told. Uh, But we all have our picks, division by division, in the NFL conferences, Super Bowl, and then uh, individual awards as well. Uh, But 52 issues of point spread weekly. If you want our all-access subscription, 52 issues of Point Spread Weekly, all of our special betting guides, access to all live video and replays, daily email that recaps our shows, online exclusive stories and power ratings, all of that at vsun.com slash betfootball for the plan that works for you, whether it's the all-access, whether it's the pro alone, whether it's the pro and college football betting guides together, all of that at vsun.com slash betfootball. Let's do some umpires real quick. Uh, this year, umpires, the most reliable over umpires, the most reliable under umpires. This for primarily for totals betters, but also for side betters. And again, you can get umpire assignments at sites like StatFox, that kind of thing that, you know, as early as anywhere. Let but, me
1: guess. Alan Porter is a very big over before. How I, did look, you guess I right?
2: Todd Wishneb? Number four. I didn't, even
1: look, I didn't even look at that. The reason I knew is because um, Antoine, this guy who sits in the
2: fist pound. That's a nice oh, one, one right there. Can we reach? He, there one we of go.
1: The guys who sits nice out there with me. us in, in my living room here at the South Point um, sports book. We always
2: talk about Alan Porter being a super over. And that's how I knew that name. So Alan Porter, what you're saying is Alan Porter's strike zone is, a, is the size of a thimble.
1: Yeah, he's not giving you any edge strikes, basically. Yeah. So you better, yeah, <laughs> you know, you better have some major movement on your pitches.
2: All right, but if these names come up now, we don't have Borchardt on the show to sort of uh, compare with historical analysis. He was unable to make it this morning. But your best over umpires this year anywhere. Anyway, Tom Woodring, six out of seven games that he's been behind now, can home. Can I
1: stop you right there? Please. Why does that guy only have seven behind the home plate? That's just how
2: assignments work. And the
1: other guys have like 19. How because is that that's, possible?
2: That's just how they're used and their their assignments.
1: No, but explain that to me. If
2: they're, I don't know the umpires, how they work because, their schedule.
1: A, a very simple, Todd.
3: Some guys shift between AAA and the major leagues just yes. like players. Yes. So Top Woodring is a guy who oh, shifts. Oh, I didn't know there was tri- shifting of umpires. Yeah, there are guys who people get more
2: assignments and then some people get more home plate assignments. Exactly. Right, but did you know they pull up umpires from AAA? I, I actually did. Yeah.
1: Well, look at you guys. Okay, I learned something today.
2: Anyway, continuing. Top Woodring, 6 of 7 behind home plate, uh, have gone over. Jeff Kellogg, 10 of 13 when he's been calling balls and strikes have gone over. John Bacon He's a very non-kosher strike zone. Yeah, well, I don't know if we should include John Bacon. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a that was a matzo ball. I hit it out of the park. Uh, three of four games. There's only four game sample size, so we're not gonna read into John Bacon. But there's your Alan Porter, 14 of 19 uh, have gone over when he's gonna call calling balls and strikes, and Alfonso Marquez, 16 of 22 have gone over when he has been behind Hope. plate. Now these. You know, again, narrative or predictive, uh here's the thing. When we have and we're able to really determine a lot of these guys consistent with their careers uh in terms of of going over or under. Here are the most reliable under guys. Nick Marley, six of eight behind home plate, unders. Kerwin Danley, twelve of sixteen under. Joe West, sixteen of twenty-three under. Andy Fletcher, thirteen of nineteen under, and Jansen Visconti, fifteen of twenty-two have gone under. When he has called balls and These
1: strikes. are guys that just want to get back to the buffet. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you watch baseball like I do yeah. a lot, you will notice that there are guys that call strikes six to seven inches off the plate. And you know they're just thinking,
2: let's get back to the buffet and back to the hotel. So let me give you a case in point of that. You see the ninth inning of the Cubs game last night. Anybody who's watching this is nodding right now and going, oh, my God. Um, I, I want to say it was one man on and nobody out, but don't hold me to that. The Cubs were down two to the Reds. They ended up losing by two to the Reds the yesterday. The Phillies, right? Uh, the Phillies, I'm sorry. Yeah, they played the Reds before that. So They ended up losing by two, four to two. They were down four to two in the ninth. And was it Tony Kemp that was up? And it was a 3-2 pitch, which was not only high, but was super outside. Kemp it, like Kemp, would have had to look like a little leaguer if, to make contact with it. Like, we just had to like wildly swing at it strike 3 called. Talk about wanting to just get out of there. It's unbelievable. i I, I mean, I'm I'm joking but I'm not really joking. Yeah. Balls uh, it's, it's, uh, we talked about it with the Dodgers Padres game a couple weeks ago and I was on the Dodgers like it could have completely changed the game. Um just that it called strikes that were just way out of the strikes and you're like Come on, we need some sort of robotics here for this. It's ridiculous.
1: It's so aggravating. It is so aggravating. And then the other one is where they're, they stand like all the way to one side of the catcher, and then the catcher puts his glove over on that side, and then he reaches across while well, it's still fully in the strike zone. Oh, that drives crazy. To catch crazy. it, and it's, you could see it's in the box because a lot of these games have the
2: box. It will bisect the
1: box. It's so down. It's not down the middle, but it's on. It's right. in clearly. It's not even on the
2: edge. Right. And they miss it and they, because well, they're they, so far on the other side. Not only, and not only do you miss it, you wonder if they're like, well, I'm not going to give him credit for that because the target wasn't there. Oh, it's so accurate. That drives me nuts, too. Oh, there's so many of those things in baseball. And this
1: this reminds me, I was reading an article yesterday um, online on Twitter. They, they had some article where they... Rated the uh, home broadcasting guys from each uh, team, mm-hmm. and you know, like, and oh, yeah. I hear a lot of them because I'm the retard out there, or I'm the uh, mentally challenged person out there. Who's second? Who, who's second best to Kipe
2: and uh, and uh, Kruko?
1: They were way up there. <laughs> they were way up phenomenal. there. Phenomenal. And, and I get the box, so I listen to all the different games that I want to hear. And, of course, I thought the Mets would be way up there because I love Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling, and Gary uh, Cohn. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they were, like, in the top three or something. But I knew right off the, off the bat if this was going to be a good ratings, the Pirates would be way down because I can't even listen to the Pirates. It's so boring. Interesting. 29th
2: they 29th. were. They were 29th. The Tigers guys got in a scuffle last year. The two, they yeah. fought each other.
1: I mean, the new one with 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 Kirk Gibson sounding like he's high on pot um, is not is not. You have, have you ever heard Kirk Gibson the, by the way do a game? The it's,
2: views it. of Todd Wishnev he, he's, are not representative of a numbers game review.
1: He's like, and um, uh, it's like real real. Mild. Are, are you sure that it's just disinterested? I'm with just the terrible Kirk, product on the Kirk field? I'm sure you're. That's a, a great good, guy That's buy. a good point.
2: Look, Jeff. is Michigan? Do they have recreational weed yet? Uh, I, we'll, we'll, we'll 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 Google that yes yes we'll google that uh we'll come back we'll resume with the first five and the first innings on the derivative show and we'll get to today's slate we'll do it all on a numbers game right here at visa
0: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
2: We left that uh, conversation hanging about the, uh, that list of the best local baseball announcers. Yeah. This radio or television? Television. Uh, yeah, TV. Yeah, TV. Yeah. Yeah. And I guessed correctly that uh, the San Francisco Giants, Dwayne Kuiper, and Mike Kruko, who are just an institution there, are top five, you said. Yeah. Um, who were some of the others in the top five? San Diego. Interesting. The Mets. Um, well, the Yankees yeah. were not, huh? The no,
1: Yankees were not. It was uh, San Diego, the Mets, Oakland A's. Oh, what? Glenn Kuiper and Ray Fossey. And um, Dallas Braden, right? Isn't he part of it? He's also he part of it. He might be yeah, part yeah. of it, yeah.
2: but I And I also guessed off air. I guessed... Dead last. And I feel bad that I guessed it because I don't think they should be dead last. But I I, I knew that they would be the Nats, somewhere. Yeah. And that's the Nationals yeah. with uh, FPN, F.P. And, FP Santangelo here.
3: Gil, I, I have the actual list in front of me. Uh, Todd was uh, slightly off on the actual list uh, oh. a little bit, but not not terribly. Nats were last. <laughs> Nats got a got a hearty one point five. The thing this I is wanted to make
1: the point of is that I knew the Pirates were going to be terrible and they
3: came in. Well, the Pirates yeah. do this weird thing where they rotate five guys between radio and television. So there's never consistency. Yeah. So but they got, don't announce the game. No, they're, it's they're, just
1: like they're a bo- dead air for they're like 45 seconds.
2: Can I just say Parles knows his
1: announcing team? Oh, my God. Uh, Parles? Yeah. We're talking off air. Parles can give you like inside like the third string announcer yeah, on right. this. Cl- it's amazing.
2: Ga- Shout out 506 Sports. Gary Thorne and, uh, in Baltimore. Is he in top five? I'm pulling it up. Number
3: one, I was surprised. That, uh, and, they're, and they're a good crew. Uh, Orsillo and company in uh, San Diego were number one. Wow. Which I was surprised at. They're very good. By the way, apparently Jim Cott is doing Twins games now, which I did not realize. Wow. he did the Yankee games for a while. Uh, number one is uh, number one, San Diego. Number two, San Francisco. There number three, the Mets. Number four, Gary Thorne and company in Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. Number five was the Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers were number The part. Dodgers okay. were five. The Angels are six. Okay.
1: I was surprised I wasn't mentioned because here at the South Point. That you were not mentioned? Yeah. Oh. I'll tell you why. You do games here? I, I do. When I have a team and one of my guys <laughs> is about to go yard, you yeah. know, I'm like, yeah.
2: it's way back. Tennis picks, everybody. <laughs> tennis picks in our remaining Wait, before two minutes. you get to the yes. tennis picks,
1: I want to tell you what one of the guys, <laughs> this guy digs out there. He goes, you know, Todd, I couldn't watch a single baseball game, you know, if I was just by myself. He goes, I come here and I watch them with you. You make it exciting. All right. You really? So no, people, I'm sure there's
2: also people annoyed as well. So but. people who want the Wishnev play-by-play, yeah. you come to the South Point. You I'm get
1: sure, it. I'm sure there's half people annoyed, <laughs> half people
2: enjoying. Uh, you might want to. Jigger that. was probably more like rejigger that ratio. Enjoying one, annoyed. Yeah, it's maybe not 50 50. Okay. Maybe. I'm sure some do. Coming back, more derivatives. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. We get texts, we get tweets. Chris Valika, friend of show, friend of network, uh, was piling on when we were going through all those old Orioles in the 80s. (laughs) He goes, Tim Stoddard. (laughs) Yes, that's another great one. Uh, And then uh, my buddy E, who uh, knows of such things, he points out, I think this is a great point about the baseball announcers and that the San Diego Padres broadcast team ended up number one on the favorites list. Uh, He points out, Mark Grant and Don Orsillo, he said, are awesome, and they got to be because the team sucks so bad. Same with the Baltimore Orioles. Same with the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, think about all the space you've got to fill when your team, especially when your team is awful.
3: This was also the case for years when the Mets weren't good. That's why that crew also is highly rated. It's an art. Able
1: able to fill space. But they're so good. Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling, they're just so good. And Gary Cohn, they're really, really good. I actually like listening to them, you know, just regular.
2: Uh, Here at MLB teams, we'll we'll resume the uh, Q3 uh, derivatives here. So now we're talking first five innings. So again, what if this is just narrative? What if this is predictive? What can we actually use here to help ourselves make bets moving forward? Uh, First five innings, Major League Baseball, now from Team Rankings, our friends uh, over there, Tom Federico and company over there at Team Rankings, they uh, call together the first five innings runs per game. So just from a, just a raw data standpoint, what, what's the team that plates the most runs in the first five innings? Pitchers that they face aside, lineups aside, what's the club? What are the clubs that plate the most runs in the first five innings? Minnesota Twins, three point five one runs per first five innings. They are the most prolific offensive team just on that. Average runs plated uh, in the first five. No surprise, the Yankees are second. No surprise, it's Red Sox, Astros. Maybe the Diamondbacks are a little bit of a surprise, but those are your top five. Largely, no surprises there. Twinkies, obviously, with all those home runs this year, trying to get the 300 home runs, for God's sakes. Not a surprise. Now, the lowest is interesting to me because I always say this. This is so representative of folks who, you know, you make a first five-inning bet on these teams, and it's the experience. It's not only that you've got your money tied up, it's, the experience of having to live through these teams in the first five—they are so anemic offensively—that you know, like it's just torture watching these teams. And the Miami Marlins. This, I mean, this is a great uh, sort of poo-poo platter of the worst teams. And these is these are largely why these teams are just not among baseball's elite, to be kind. Miami Marlins—they played less than two runs, fewer than two runs per first five. One point nine three. You're betting on the Marlins. You're living through that. That's not fun. Giants, not much better. Tigers, not much better. 2.11, 2.12. San
1: Francisco Giants.
2: That is the uh, the 500 <laughs> magical team of the decade San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Three World Series titles. By the way, is it an even year? No, but are these stats not. from this year or from? This is this year. This is just this year. That's what I thought. First five runs per game. Follow along, Mr. Wishnow.
1: I was making a joke because we oh, were saying sorry. the
2: Giants. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's right. I get it. I'm sorry. Chicago White Sox, fourth worst. Now, the Cardinals, you've made this point before. The Cardinals, who right now are ensconced as the number two wild card team in the they National stink. League. And they can, and they only score two points. Todd's expert analysis right there. Could you repeat that? They, <laughs> they stink. stink. They uh, can't hit the ball. Two point, And here it is, corroborated by the numbers, by the data. 2.31 runs per first five. And yet they're in the playoffs if it starts today. You know, and by the way, have been surprised oh, and by guys. the way, they're one game behind the Cubs in the NL Central. One, because it's a stinker division. It is a stinker division. By the way, Cubs are no good.
1: Cubs stink too. Um, by the way, the Cubs at home are pretty good.
3: Todd, since they stink, that seems to be a prerequisite for the Cardinals winning a World Series. That in the middle of August, the team stinks. Look at 06 in 2011. <laughs>
2: I don't think this team's winning the World Series. But. I, I have an off-the-grid, mano-a-mano mono bet with my buddy E, who's the greatest sports better of, of all my friends, and, everybody, and anybody I know. And we get in these sports arguments, and we always settle it by just making a bet. And we never talk about it. Like, that that, that ends the You know, So it's like, okay, right. well, if you feel so strongly about right. it, smart man, let's make a bet. Right. So we have a bet. Cubs to make the playoffs, Cubs to not make the playoffs. And you're on. I'm the not make the playoffs. I got them at plus 200. To which he responded, well, I got a great line because the DraftKings number is the Cubs to make the playoffs at like minus 576. I'm like, well, if you think that line's any good, you're ridiculous. Right, so we have that going the rest of the year, so we're very involved in how the Cubs do on a night-to-night basis.
1: By the way, what was interesting about that, uh, I don't mean to... Um, no, no, that was, all, that was the end of the subject, story. But when you were talking about the first five, I'm sure there's some math people out there who can tell us, are runs evenly distributed in all innings? Now, I don't, I've never done the date on this, but I can just tell you from watching all the games, the fifth inning seems to have yeah, a lot yeah. of runs.
2: There's no way there's equal distribution. Right. Anymore. I would yeah.
1: love if somebody could like yeah. uh, Twitter out what the what the distribution of runs per inning is in a regular ball game. I'm gonna guess that the fifth inning is a big runs inning. You can Twitter
2: it out, or you can tweet it out. Whichever you want to do. I call it Twittering. Because mm-hmm. tweeting. What is what sounds... is what does Jimmy Vicaro call it? What does he call it? Twexing or something. He has some. <laughs> he made up a word. He made up a word. By the way, I've yet to see Jimmy. Since he's been back,
3: well, you just have you're, you're have to... just not here at the right time. That's all it is. I know.
2: Uh, so now opponents. If you're curious, uh, opponents. What do teams opponents plate per first five runs? Because you want to see the defensive side as well. The Dodgers are the best at muting runs in the first five innings. They're the they're the best at run prevention first five innings. Dodgers basically their starting pitching staff. Wow turns every opponent into the Miami Marlins first wow, five.
1: that's really good.
2: They only give up 1.9 runs per first five. The Rays, Reds, Nats, and Astros. And there's no surprises there, right? Because Well, the Rays might be to some people because the Rays use an opener a lot. So the Rays, give them credit, right? Give them credit for how they manipulate their starting staff. The opener strategy works for them and there's the numerical representation of that. With the Dodgers, Reds, Nationals, and Astros, very intuitive because you're like, oh yeah, those are the embarrassment of riches starting staffs. All of those teams, including the Reds who have now recently acquired Trevor Bauer. But they've got Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray as well. But the Nats with Strasburg and Scherzer and Corbin, the Astros with good lord, everybody, right? Verlander, Cole on down the line. Granky now. And then there's the Dodgers who, again, we said Jun Ryu might be the best pitcher on their team this year. But would you take him even, you know, second in a playoff rotation? I don't know that you would with that team, with Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw on the same staff. By the way, most allowed first five, the Orioles on the Orioles baseball network. 3.62. That's who they that's how much they give up. First five Mariners, Rockies, Rockies play at Coors. So that's always on a curve. Pirates and Rangers, all of them give up more than three runs. Per first five, with the Orioles giving up 3.62 leading the way, leading in quotes.
1: Just think how bad the Rockies are at hitting when they're not in the first on the other chart. Like they should be in the top five just because they get to play in that stupid stadium. But they're not. That just shows you how bad they are on the road. And you know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of interesting.
2: Uh, Joe Osborne puts together the first five records for these teams, so we've sort of buried the headline in the first five because those are just the raw numbers in terms of output and, in, and input, if you will, if I could uh, use that. Um, but Joe Osborne puts together first five. I usually rely on Onside Sports. My boy's over there at Onside Sports for these, but they're far too busy this year to be calling these uh, stats together. So Joe Osborne with the uh, best first five records and the best first fi- and the worst first five um, money so we'll do money first. Oakland A's, the most profitable first five team. So basically what we did for the full game at the top of the show, this is the best first five. So if you bet the A's first five, blindly favorite underdog, and remember there are ties involved in first fives. But when you put it all in the mix, the A's are the best first five team in baseball for betters. Yankees, Twins, Rays, Diamondbacks. A lot of those teams showed up on the most runs produced or the or the least runs uh, allowed in the first five in the raw data we just talked about. So
1: that's A's kind of Yankees. interesting, though, that you remember when we were talking about the most profitable teams, they were up like 1,800 and 1,900, and That's right. et cetera. But yet, well, when you go in the first five, you're only up nine Fit Is that because and of the
2: ties? Well, there was, there's ties involved, right? But what is what's another reason, Mr. Man? Mm. The straddle is wider.
1: Oh, very good! Look at you. No oh,
2: thanks. Look at the big brains Th- on Gill. Thanks for inviting me on your show. <laughs> uh, least, least profitable teams in the first five: the Orioles. No, sub- oh no, excuse me, it's the other way around. The Toronto Blue Jays, who by the way are on fire. And I keep saying this every day: if you had the Blue Jays under, you were already counting your money. Not so fast. Wow, they're the worst team in the, first five. But they're that's the worst money team when it comes to first five. The Tigers, who are always on these, right? The Giants, who we talked about uh, moments ago. The Rockies, again, they play, of course, and the Orioles. But the Blue Jays are worst first five, and that is intuitive, right? Because Sanchez name, has been bad. Name their name their ace, right? Name their second How about best just pitcher. name their pitchers. Name their pitchers, right? Wags you, pack. If you would, if you took anybody <laughs> in this casino right now that's out here at <laughs> the south point behind us, and you're like, can you name a Toronto Blue Jays starting pitcher? What do you think the the hit percentage on that would be?
1: Uh, 42%.
2: Of people in the casino would be way oh, less than that. Oh, in the entire casino or in yeah. the sports book. In the sports book wouldn't even be 42%. Really? I promise you it wouldn't be 42%. Okay. Do we have the uh the raw records of those teams by the way, uh Jeff? Do we? Have-
3: I, I can uh I will I will read those out right now. The Dodgers have the best record in the first 5, followed by the Atlanta Braves who show up at number 2, mm-hmm. the Yankees at 3, the Twins at 4 and Tampa at number 5. So nothing surprising there. Nothing
2: too surprising. the, the money was what was interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, the mo- and the money and,
3: the money was more surprising. Yeah. This is just the the bad teams, Detroit or excuse me the Orioles have the worst one then Detroit then Toronto then the San Francisco Giants actually come yeah. up at number 4 and then it
2: is the Rockies. Yeah. Rockies. Well, Again the Rockies always scorely. For
1: predictive purposes really what what this whole exercise tells us is... I was just
2: about to get to this, yes. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no,
1: no, say what you're going to say. Oh, I was going to say that if you can pick out some teams, like every year in Major League Baseball, there's a couple teams, maybe one or two teams, that late in the season starts playing really much better than they've played the whole year. Mm -hmm. Some people say maybe it'll be Toronto, because they started playing well, but if you remember last year, Tampa Bay Rays were not a good team up until about August, then they won every single game for the rest of the year, practically, except one when they were up like 8-2 to in the ninth and blew the so, but,
2: so what qualifies here then? What's your takeaway from this season's exercise on this? I, w-
1: I would say you have to be looking at teams maybe like the Marlins. They they kind of hang around and they they try every game. I'm not sure if it's the Marlins, but I'm saying in the next week or two, you might get a sense
2: that there's teams that are playing way above what they've played the rest of the year. I mean, I'm going to tell you what, what I've taken away from this, and we'll get to the first innings. That's the last thing we have to go, and then we'll talk about today's slate. But What I've taken away from this year's exercise is exactly what I predicted before last season and what I said this season the whole way about betting baseball. The fact that the Dodgers and the Yankees are the most profitable teams we already talked about, like, with all that minus money, just says everything about baseball. It's like, wow. Even when you have to lay those numbers, there's still value on them. And even but when saw, you think that they will continue and I to think be, they will continue to be Because now, they're now, starting to jerk them up to like ridiculous. Well, numbers. yeah, they're listening, the, exactly. So now you have to ask, okay, well, will this continue in the, in the last 40 games? Well, I think they will in the short term like cuz they're not going to sit anybody short term yet But think about
1: this if they were average 156
2: mm-hmm. or, or according to Mike
1: Palm 150 whatever you guys should, you guys should fight
2: you guys should fight
1: 1 let's say they were average 156 yeah. okay mm-hmm. Going forward I think if you take the next 40 games they are not going they're to average not 156 going to, it'll be they're higher. going to
2: be much higher And and therefore they could be not they might not be profitable is what you're saying We might have missed the boat We might have missed the boat. There's no question we might have missed the boat, which is why I keep saying, you know, you have to determine what's predictive, what's not. I guess what I'm saying is, what what does all of that tell us thus far? I don't think there's a lot of gems this year because of that dynamic, though, to actually cull. Like, usually with some of the years, we're like, oh, my God, Tampa Bay. Like, I never would have thought they're that great first five. Like, last year, that was the big thing. They kept coming up as the best first five team, Q1, Q2, Q3. And it was like, oh, this is very interesting about the Rays, this opener thing. And by the way, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. This opener thing is very interesting. And we could take like legit predictive information like this is sustainable because of the, what they're doing specifically. But this year, I think you're right about what you're saying about those teams with the big numbers. Maybe we've missed the boat. But up until this point, that's been the story. Like baseball has been so haves and have-nots that there really isn't a gem in there, you know, that we can take out of there we're like oh you know i'm just randomly select a team oh that's interesting i wouldn't have expected them to be that good or that bad to this bad. point to this point but that's the exercise right we got to figure out from this data is there anything and and i don't think there's a lot and how
1: likely. how often do you see teams that run away to 80 and 41 records continue to play that well into September. Very often use I remember do you remember the Dodger team a couple years ago that had a run of like 60 and 5 or some some ridiculous oh, number. last
2: year the Dodgers had an was, unbelievable was that, was that winning last year? Yeah, massive winning stretch and then they actually it flipped for like 2 3 weeks after that. They, they were they were terrible at
1: it. Right, that. and and I and I remember very often the team that's way way out in front in September st- stops really trying and they start playing a bunch of guys, and then all of a sudden. So I don't think it's going to be predictive going forward. Yeah. It would be very interesting to see
2: what the numbers are for the last 40 games. I mean, that's why I think it's a, it's a fun exercise to go through, because it, it, is, uh, it does stimulate the brain, and it, it does require us to sort of look at baseball through a different prism and say, okay, well, that's great. Is there anything we can cull from it? I would argue this year probably less than most years, and there's no sense in thinking that any of that will manifest because of the, the dynamics of what you're saying. like there's t- Some teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers are so far out in front, will they start to rest players sooner than normal? Uh, they can kind of coast into 100-win seasons at this point, though. Even if they go 500, they're 100-win teams.
1: And here's point. actionable information. Please. People are going to forget in September that there is a baseball season still going. No question. Because they're going to all be on the football. Uh-huh. All day long, it's going to be football wall to wall. And who doesn't love football? I love football.
2: We love football.
1: They're going to forget, and and the lines in baseball are going to get a little softer. I notice this every year. Yeah. In September, people are not on the tip top sharp razor point of their game because everyone moves over to football.
2: And by the way, for, for again for the home run race, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Cody Bellinger's going to sit because they're it. Like, He's not going to sit. By the way, middle relief. What did I say yesterday? Home run against middle relief yesterday. Bingo, bango, Thirty nine, three way tie. Thirty nine right now. It's a sprint. Trout. Bellinger, Yelich, all at 39, Alonzo at 38, and Soler and uh, Acuna Jr., the sneaky, freaky brother sneaking in from the rear. They're like making some noise now, too. Everybody's got just tons of homers. This is juice ball. I don't know if you know that juice ball. We'll come back. We'll do the first inning numbers on Q3 on a, n- on a numbers game right here at Visa. Welcome
0: back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
2: VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Guide ready for download on Friday. Just a friendly reminder. Purchase a 60-page digital magazine before Friday. You get it for $9.99. That's $9.99. After Friday, $19.99. Or get the College Football Betting Guide along with the Pro Guide for just $25. Got all that? Plus, you can uh, consider an all-access all-access subscription, that is. All of that information, VEASAN.com slash football. That uh, for any plan that works for you, including a free trial. That's vcin.com slash football. I mentioned we get tweets and texts on the show. <laughs> I just want to point out, again, for those who listen to the show, you know I'm always referencing a three-way text between uh, me, Chris Felika, and our buddy E. And uh, they comment on, on everything that goes on and I love them for it. And uh, sometimes it's phenomenal. My buddy E, uh, he says this, Todd. He's piling on me saying, of course, run distribution isn't even. He says, of course, run distribution isn't even. Third inning should be least bottom of order. That's a good point. Uh,
1: that was my point. I didn't. I said I didn't know what it was. I said fifth might be the most. I wasn't sure. I didn't say I know which one. I knew it wasn't going to be e- even.
2: Don't get defensive. All right, let's wrap up with the uh, first innings here. First innings, these are proprietary stats. You won't hear these anywhere else. Um, I actually track what pitchers are doing in the first innings of games don't read into that don't i'm not suggesting that's how i make my first inning bets which we've become famous for on this show but just to let you know uh this year in major league baseball minimum 45 plate appearances faced do it through the prism of on base average allowed the worst starting pitcher in baseball this year is actually jeremy hellickson who you will not see listed anytime uh, soon dylan uh what are we talking about now here um, these are, let me actually up this from forty five to fifty because I'm getting some names of guys that aren't even like you know, in major league lineups right now or major league rosters. They're all like down. Are we talking the about IL. the
1: worst pitchers for the year?
2: Yeah. Is so Juice first Smiley first inning, first inning. Oh, first inning, just okay. first innings for those who bet first innings and are interested in this kind of thing. So minimum fifty plate appearances face. So this is better. The worst in terms of opponents on base average, Michael Waka. 409 opposing on base percentage first innings. Kyle Freeland, second worst, 407 allowed. Makes sense. Drew Pomerantz, third, 404 Definitely allowed. Makes sense. Jose Urania, Aaron Brooks, Ross Stripling, Jordan Zimmerman, Trevor Williams. Ross Stripling is a surprise on that list. Yeah. Here are the best in the first inning. These are the guys that they show up. Yanni Chirinos. The best first inning pitcher in all of baseball thus far this year. Hmm. One seventy-five on base. By the way, think allowed.
1: about it. in the first inning, you're going against the best hitters of the other team. Yes, you are. So this kind of means something a little bit.
2: It does, and it's just sort of you know a shout to again the Tampa Bay Rays for the whole opener thing. There's Yanni Chirinos. So everything the Rays are doing. They are, they are smart. They're doing it for a reason. It's working out. Walker Bueller, next best. First innings. By the way, Clayton Kershaw has always been on this list for years. Now the Dodgers replace him with Walker Bueller for first inning performance. Only a 2.08 on base average allowed. Chris Paddock, 2.11 on base mm. allowed. First innings. Frankie Montas, Domingo Herman, John Means, your boy, John Means of the Orioles. Although he's regressing fast. Kyle Gibson, Griffin Canning, Jack Flaherty. Michael Pineda, Jacob deGrom. Right? By the way, that's First. kind of a
1: surprising list because you don't see all the yeah. huge names on there.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. That's I mean, true. some of them, but, you know, some of them are like... I actually right? cut it off right at deGrom, who is 11th, but then it's right after him where you see some of the big names. DeGrom, Velasquez, let's forget him for a second. Ryu, Verlander, Strasburg. So they're there, they're just not top 10.
1: Flaherty doesn't surprise me because I think he's been having a real under-the-radar great. Him and Sonny Gray are my two under the radar great pit i mean people who follow it no but yeah if you if you ask people out there oh who's been really outstanding and J- people don't know about jack
2: flaherty would not come up in there on their list right but jack flaherty's been really good yeah he's been really good all right i hope you enjoyed q3 mlp derivatives